Praise the Lord, everybody. Thank you, Pastor. Hallelujah. Let's just give the Lord another ovation of praise, for He's worthy of praise today. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Hallelujah. Oh, there's another beautiful spirit here today. Thank God for that. That's one thing about the presence of the Lord. Doesn't matter what time it is. There's nothing wrong with spring break. Everybody needs a break. Amen. Just so happens I'm not going to have much of a spring break because my daughter and her husband and seven-year-old are going on a little trip, and I'm going to have to babysit the 18-month-old. I'm fixing to spend a week literally in the very mouth of hell. Amen. He is a dandy. He is full tilt, and it's going to be a week that I will never forget. I will be looking forward to Friday, and uh, so you pray for me this week. Amen. There's a reason why God allows young people to have children. Because when you get to my age, there's just nothing you can do about it. You're just out of energy. You're out of, out of answers. Amen. My daughter, she leaves me a long list of what to do. You know, like I'm some kind of special ed kind of guy. I raised you, didn't I? I know how to raise. I know, but he's on a schedule, Dad. And this is the way it has to be. And he said, well, I tell you right now, you can just take that schedule and you can just take it with you. Because we ain't going by no schedule here. If I can get him to sleep, he's going to go to sleep. And when he wants to get up, he's going to get up. Amen. Amen. The last time they left him with me, it took him two weeks to get him back to where he'd sleep all night because he'd wake up about 2 o'clock and want to play, and we get up and play at 2 o'clock in the morning. That's the way it's going to be. Amen. Sugar before bed? Yeah. Sugar before bed. If he wants to eat a piece of cake and some ice cream before he goes to bed, he can have it. That's the way it's going to be. Because I get to give him back to you. And that's what you get for going to New York in the first place. Amen. Amen. Some of you grandparents know exactly what I'm talking about, don't you? Amen. Praise God. Nothing like those grandbabies. Amen. Well, there's a great presence here. Thank you so much for your your love. And I want to publicly thank you for that wonderful, special gift you gave us last week. I want to thank you. You gave sacrificially, and I thank you for that. Thank you, Pastor. You've been so kind, and I appreciate it so much. Thank you for allowing me to come back and to be with you on this weekend. Let's go right into the Word. Acts, the 19th chapter, is a familiar story. Acts chapter 19, it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper borders, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples. He said unto them, Have you received the Holy Spirit? Since you believed, and they said unto him, we have not so much as heard whether there is any Holy Spirit. And he said unto them, unto what then were you baptized? And they said, unto John's baptism. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him who should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied, and all the men were about twelve. 
This is an incredible story. I want to look at it. Pastor, ask the Lord just to bless his word today. Thank you so much. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. I uh, appreciate your pastor today. I, I, we have a mutual friend that we're going to, in a few days, go celebrate his 40th ministerial anniversary of the church. And uh, that's Brother J.W. Harrell, Brother Johnny Harrell, who we're very, very close to. And uh, Brother Harrell, he's, he's a piece of work. I'll tell you that. He's a great guy. And... Uh, he made the statement to me. I've never heard him made this statement before. He said about Brother Hughes, he says, you know what? I, when I retire, I'd want somebody like Mark Hughes to be my pastor. You better watch out, son. He's 70 years old. and uh, that to, But that was the highest compliment that he could pay anybody. And that is a high compliment. So I, I appreciate your pastor so much. He's such a such a great guy and such a wonderful man of God. And I know you know that. Praise God. Amen. Well, this story is a great story because two of the most important questions that have ever been asked in regards to salvation were asked, and they are forever settled as the two most important questions you can ask anyone when they're seeking something from God. First of all, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed, and then how were you baptized? Those are two, still two of the greatest questions that you can ask anyone. You can't, it's inescapable. It doesn't matter what backgrounds you have when it comes time for you to address the fact of salvation. These questions are here as a memorial to all who would ever seek or search the mind and will of God in the realm of salvation. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? In other words, it's not enough to believe. You've got to receive something. And then how were you baptized? I'm not going to preach on doctrine today, even though I could on this great, glorious text. But there's something here that I've looked at for years and often wondered about these 12 men. It's, uh, it's amazing that I, I, I looked this up and this happened 23 years after the day of Pentecost, 23 years after the day of Pentecost, is when Paul had this encounter with these disciples of John the Baptist. A lot had happened in those 23 years. It had been very, very eventful. Josephus said in his writings that the first church at Jerusalem had blossomed and ballooned to over 100,000 members. It's a lot of people. And that churches were springing up all over the place. And even though persecution had been ferocious, church growth had even been more ferocious. That the more they killed, the more that believed. So it was a great time of first century revival. So Paul, while he is passing through the upper coast, came to Ephesus. And he finds these 12 men, 
12 men. Now, let me remind you, this is 23 years. And he finds 12 men after this has been heralded all over the, the country. And hundreds of thousands of people have been recipients of this great and glorious salvation. He finds 12 men of religion that were disciples and followers of John the Baptist. And yet somehow, in some way, when he asked them a very pertinent and relevant question, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed, they made this statement. It's one of the most astounding statements I ever heard. We haven't even heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. Let me ask you a question. Where have you, if, if Paul would have probably said what he wanted, he said, where have you guys been? Where have you been? Where, where have you been these last 23 years? Don't you? And, and think about this. These were followers of John the Baptist who heard John preach and were still living on the command and the dictates of John the Baptist years after he was dead and gone. So here are 12 men. Think about this. These are some pretty big things they missed, Pastor. First of all, somehow, they, must, they missed the crucifixion. Somehow, they missed the resurrection. Somehow, they missed out on the day of Pentecost. Because they didn't even know anything about it. And do you know the reason why they didn't? There's a very simple answer. Because as long as you're living in the past, you're never going to be able to get what God has for you right now. As long as you refuse to come out of the past, then God cannot really give you what he has for you today. And these men somehow and so, I don't know how, they, they had avoided revelation. They had avoided truth. They had, they had avoided and missed out on some of the greatest events that ever took place in the history of mankind, not to mention the church. And they didn't even know whether there was any Holy Ghost. And they didn't even know about Jesus' name baptism because they were baptized unto John's baptism, even though hundreds of thousands in those 23 years had received and been baptized. These religious men had missed out on it because they were clinging to something that was no longer valid. They were living based on a set of rules that were no longer valid. They were living in It's a perfect picture. And this story, they obeyed, they received, hands were laid on them, they were baptized. But the important thing to note from this is, is that God wanted to do something for these men probably a long time before he did. But they refused to come out of the past. Let me tell you something about this thing we call the past. There are three segments of time, the past, the present, and the future. We live in the present. We anticipate the future. But too many Pentecostal people are enslaved by the past. Let me tell you why the past is a difficult place to live in. Because, you see, there are some people who think the devil knows all things and has access to future events. 
I'm not sure I believe that. I believe that he knows what's happening now, and I believe he knows what has happened. That is why he uses the past to his advantage, because he knows the past. He knows your past. He knows my past. He knows how to push our buttons. So what he does, he enslaves people in the routine of yesterday, and he prevents them from receiving the glory and the power of what God has for them today. There was nothing wrong with what John said. It was just no longer valid. And what the Lord is saying, I've got something greater for you, but I can't give it to you until you come out of the past. And when you come out of the past, I'm going to give you something that's great and glorious and that's going to change the rest of your life. I want to preach to you for a, a few moments this morning. I know how the devil operates, and I, I, I've seen how he, how he does this, how he works on me is the same way he works on you. Is he wants you to believe that you're never going to be able to get over some things in your life. He wants you to believe that there are some things that you've had to face and things that have happened in your life that are so big and so all-encompassing that you're never going to be able to get over it. So you're just going to have to learn to live with it and to adjust your lifestyle to being wounded and being hurt and never being able to get over something that happened a long time ago. Mary and Martha put Jesus in the past when they said, Lord, if you would have been here yesterday, my brother would not have died. Lazarus would still be alive if you would have been here yesterday. You can't put God in a time frame and freeze him in the days that have gone by. Because, and just because something bad happened in your life does not mean your life is always going to be bad. Because I want to tell you something right now. You say, where was God? The first question we want to ask, where was God yesterday? When I really needed him, when my child needed him, when my marriage needed him, when my, when my loved one needed him, where was God? He's worried. Let me tell you something where God is. He, he is just as close to you in times of turmoil as he is in time of victory. He doesn't change. He doesn't change. The, the bottom line is we live in a world that is dominated by a presence of Antichrist. We are only pilgrims, sojourners, and strangers. We're only passing through. As long as we're living in this life, we're going to have to face some things that are uncomfortable, that are unpleasant, and it happens to everyone. And the worst thing that you can do is to try to say, God, where were you yesterday like Mary and Martha did? And finally, the Lord got tired of their unbelief and said, let me tell you, take me to where he is. Because it doesn't really matter what happened yesterday. All it takes is one touch of the Holy Ghost, and God can bring you up to date. Hallelujah. He said, take me to where he is. And he said, Lazarus, come forth. And all of a sudden, they forgot about yesterday. And they forgot about all the questions of where he was. I'll tell you where God is. He's right by your side. That's where he is. He never leaves you and he never forsakes you. In good times, in bad times, in times of questions, in times of answers. God said, somebody today. I've got something so magnificent for you. I've got something so powerful for you. But you're clinging to something. You won't let go of something. You won't release something that has had a hold on you for a long, long time. 
And when you let that go, finally, I'm gonna, somebody's going to lay hands on you, just like they laid hands on these 12 men. And a new power and a new anointing and a new revelation and a new day is coming upon you. I believe when the church wakes up and realizes we don't have to live in the past and we don't have to tuck our head and take a back seat to anybody. We, if I, Sure, has the, has the devil ever struck your family, Brother Timonel? Sure, he struck my family. Just like he's smitten yours. I don't have all the answers. I don't know why things happen. I don't have I don't have all the answers to why God allows certain things. I just know this that God never leaves us and He never forsakes us. And the story is look at the look at the story. He can resurrect. He can change. It doesn't matter how long how long you've been in the grave, Lazarus. I'm going to raise you up. You might even be stinking by now. They said, but I'm going to resurrect you and raise you. And all it takes is a word from the Lord to raise your family, to raise your life, to touch you, to restore you, to give you what you need this day. I feel like one insight God has given me as a former pastor of a long time, 25, 27 years, is to know that there are a lot of people sitting on our pews that are wounded soldiers and who feel like that they just can't get that wound healed great preachers can preach great singers can sing but you still got that wound you come to the altar and you pray and you try to get through and you get through a little bit but you still carry that wound with you but what you got to do is you got to let go you got to release it you got to get over the past and you got to you got when when the word of god goes forth you got to let that thing go because God, it's like driving here this morning. I woke up early too, Pastor, because I was afraid this, this daylight savings time had me freaked out. I was afraid I was going to sleep too long and my alarm didn't even go off. I, I got up earlier than that. Driving down was dark and I began to think, you know, this is a, it's such a privilege to be associated with the church. It's such a privilege to be in God's service. It's just, it's such a privilege. So Every good thing that I have in my life is a result of being associated with the church, the ministry, and most importantly, God. Everything, every good thing. It's, 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 it's just a, such a great day to be driving at 5 o'clock in the morning and headed to Houston, Texas to be with a good friend in a great church. What, what more could you ask for, God? And I begin to think, well, and then... Of course, naturally, you begin to think, well, you, you're talking like you've never had a problem. You've never had a bad day. Sure, I've had problems. Sure, I've had bad days. Sure, who knows what tomorrow holds. But I am not going to let the past keep me as a prisoner and keep me from where it doesn't matter. Well, what, ha what if it happens again? I'm going to tell you something. I don't, you know, something really bad happened to my family a couple of years ago, and it, it hurt all of us, and it, it, it struck a deep blow, and so... We, you know, back, back, our family's back on his feet and going strong and doing great. And the devil wants to say, well, what if something happens again? Well, you know what? Well, I'll just get right back up and start praising God again and glorifying God. I'm not going to let the devil take the past and use it as a chain to bind me and hold me back from getting what God has for me right now. Hallelujah. I promise you right now, God's got an anointing with your name on it. He's got a release with your name on it. He's got a power with your name on it. I wish you could receive it today. God wants you to have it today.
God wants you to have it today. Praise God. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Woo. Hallelujah. hallelujah. Praise God. And regardless of what happens, I'm going to still stand here and say it's a privilege to serve God. And every good thing in life that I have goes back to him. Hallelujah. Come on. Somebody praise the Lord right now in the name of the Lord Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. And some of you would say almost like the 12. We haven't even heard. Is this, is this for me? God has something for me after all I've done, after all I've been through? Yes, he's got something great for you. Hallelujah. If you can come out of the shadows of what's happened and just say, I'm going to stand in the light of what God wants to do right now. I'm going to let John go and I'm going to get a hold of Jesus. That's what those 12 guys did. They just, they just let go of John and got a hold of Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Doesn't mean that John was bad, but Jesus was a whole lot better. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise God. I got to let go. It's time to let go and embrace Jesus. I believe it is impossible, totally impossible, to embrace the freshness of new manna as long as you have the taste of bitterness in your heart and in your mouth. You got to get it out. And you got to let it go. It's not going to do you any good. If these 12 men would have said, well, you know what? We just don't believe in this. And we don't believe this is for us. So we're a special group. But they eagerly accepted and received. So I want to stand here today and tell you something. God has a great miracle of anointing for you in this service today. I want you just to close your eyes right now and receive it right now. I don't care who you are or where you are or what you've been through or how dark the valley has been. Hallelujah. Or how long you've been holding on to John. I'm asking you to let go of John and embrace Jesus today. Hallelujah. This church is in a revival. This church, this church has got a, there's a revival presence here. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And spring break's not going to be a setback. Hallelujah. We're going to have revival today. Hallelujah. Glory to God. This church is in, and God's got revival for somebody here. God's got revival for your family. Hallelujah. Praise God. And I'm going to tell you something right now. I want to speak a word to you. Some of you have got Lazarus in the tomb forever, but I'm going to tell you something right now because he can walk up to the Lazarus in your life and say, Lazarus, come forth. And he can bring back to life that which you have already identified as dead. If you'll just let go and accept what he has for you right now in Jesus' name. Lord, I'm willing to forget what's happened. Hallelujah. Forgetting those things which are behind me, I'm ready to press on right now. For the mark of the prize of the high calling in, in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. God has on my life. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost talking to somebody right now in the name of Jesus. He wants to lift you up. He wants to strengthen you. And when I feel God the way I feel him right now, it's an easy thing for me to ask you to respond. Hallelujah. I promise you this will go a whole lot easier if you'll just step out right now and come and say, Lord, this is my day. Hallelujah. I'm stepping out of the chains that have bound me and held me back. Hallelujah. I'm no longer going to be a prisoner of something that's been bothering me because I'm going to step out into the light of what God has for me on this Sunday morning. 
Hallelujah. Praise God. March the 13th, 2011 is a day of emancipation. I'm going to be set free by the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And God's fixing to save my family. He's fixing to change my life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I feel it in the Holy Ghost right now. Hallelujah. Have you re- It's yours. Have you received it? Let somebody lay hands on you right now in the name of the Lord Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Who wants to step out and let the pastor lay his hands on you right now? Hallelujah. I believe if you'll step out right now and let Pastor Hughes lay his hands on you, God's going to change your life right now in the name of the Lord. Praise God. Come on, let go and come on right now in the name of the Lord. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let him put his hand on you right now and believe you right now. I believe in the name of the Lord, God, we're going to let go of, we're going to let go of John today and we're going to embrace Jesus. Hallelujah. On this Sunday morning right now, the power of the Holy Ghost is going to fall all over this building right now. And men and women are going to step out and say, God, we're ready for it right now in the name of Jesus. Please don't leave here today until you have, until you have stepped step forward to be prayed for today. Hallelujah. In the name of the Lord.